Hello, everybody, and welcome back to High School Not So Much a Musical. In part two of our conversation with Mr. Zav, we will talk to him about how he made a piece of artwork worth $10 million and some tips that he has for you guys. We'll get to that right after this. This is High School Not So Much a Musical, a podcast that takes you on a ride through the peaks and valleys of a high school journey. Here are your presenters, Nitin Jaladanki and Ayush Agarwal. Yeah, so before we get to the, the question we have about the photograph you're selling for $10 million, um, I just want to quickly touch up um, quickly touch up on like your voice acting because uh, we recently recorded with the Disney Channel actor wow. um, and but he mainly just did on-screen acting and we would love to know like uh, like like we love to get an insight on like what what is voice acting like like how is it different um, stuff like that. Well, it's funny. I got into voice acting. I've been doing, as I mentioned, acting my whole life where I'm playing characters, whether it's on stage um, or in the kitchen with my mother when I was growing up and just being silly. Uh, so I've been doing that kind of acting for a long time. And a few years ago, I was taking an acting class and hanging out with a few of the folks in that acting class. and. And one of them happened to work at a voice acting agency and he said, I really like your tone, how the range of your tone. And that means like, you know, I, I can sometimes talk with like a more high, high voice. And then I, sometimes my voice goes a little bit lower. And and he also liked the timing of my voice uh, where where there's a rhythm to the way I speak. And he, he picked up on all that because it's what he does. And he said, would you like to be a part of uh, my agency? Would you like to be on the roster? And of course, uh, I was super excited to say yes. So I went and I made a demo. Uh, to be on a voice acting roster, you need a demo. So you need to prove that you can do what you're saying you want to do. Uh, so I hired a professional to record the demo. And since then, I've done all sorts of different um, voice acting for something like Hot Wheel, a Hot Wheels commercial for um, like a product on a, on a Google website. Um, and then even just more dry things for like um, businesses to talk about their random product. And what's really interesting about voice acting is actually how incredibly nuanced and difficult it can be. Because a job, for example, will say, we really want you to sound upbeat and emotional and hip and kind of like the guy next door but not not announcery and those are all really fun words but what do they mean right you have to actually make that mean something in your voice and you also in voice acting have to come across a hundred percent authentically because people can really tell if you're um you know if you're faking it. And so to be able to cultivate all that, it takes a lot of skill and practice. And uh, and I, I, I'm really proud to say that, that that's, that's one of my jobs. Yeah, I, I can tell like you've had a lot of experience with it because 
um, for the listeners, we're recording right now without video and your voice is just so like engaging and energetic that like, cause normally you. when you listen to someone talk and like, you're not, you don't see their face or anything, it can somewhat be boring, but yours, it's like really engaging. And like, it, it's like keeping me on my toes, if that makes sense. Um, Thank you. But yeah, so like you're, it's really strong and energetic basically. So yeah, um, I think now we can progress to, <laughs> or we, I think now we can move on to talking about like, uh, you were saying on March 3rd, 2022, you'll be selling one of your photographs for $10 million. So could you like just talk about that? Because that's like just crazy to hear. So. Uh, before I talk about it, I'd love to hear, you say it's crazy to hear. So Rishi, like what's crazy about it? Well, like normally when I have, I've never really seen photographs go for $10 million. I mean, like maybe <laughs> if it's like one from like the, no, not the 1600s, sorry. But like, if let's say it's like um, an artist who like painted something from like the renaissance or something i could see that going for like 10 million dollars but i've never really had a lot of experience with like photographs so i don't know how much photographs actually go for so it was just like crazy to see like oh it's going for 10 million dollars yeah i'd love to hear uh nitin uh if you have any thoughts about about that declaration yeah definitely because like i understand when artwork goes for like like a lot i've never heard something go for 10 million dollars the most i've seen is like a couple thousand and that was sort of like on cruise ships where they have like art auctions and stuff like that that i've seen but i've never seen artwork go for like millions of dollars and it, i just want to like kind of ask you what gives artwork its value because in the end the materials are only like let's say at the high end uh, like if it's just like a normal acrylic painting whatever it is, a couple thousand dollars maybe in the maximum. So what gives paintings their value and how exactly did you get your painting or artwork to have so much value? Oh my goodness. I, I love the way you're all thinking. And but I, I, I promise I'm gonna give you an answer, but before I do, I wanna ask you both, what gives anything its value? I think the demand from the people that are willing to buy it. Like if so many people feel like, oh my God, I want this, like for whatever reason they want, then the prices are just gonna increase like crazy. But I don't know, I don't have that much experience with artwork or, but yeah. Yeah, Nintendo, what well, gives anything its value? Yeah, like just adding on to what Rishi said, uh, Ayush, Rishi and I, we've all taken AP economics. So like for us from a theoretical point of view, value is derived from supply and demand. So when you're thinking about like artwork, there's only like one, the supply is very, very low. And the demand is very, very high, which allows the supplier to like drive up the price to whatever price they want, because there's only one of them and the demand is so high. So I guess it's thinking from like economics point of view, it's all about like the demand and the number of people that want to buy it. But thinking about it more like from an emotional point of view, or like that's the best way I can put it, it's just kind of like the, if it's like what you're willing to pay for it because it just brings that much utility to you. So like if you have a painting and you really, really like it, you're willing to pay $10 million because that's how much you think it's worth in your eyes. And that's how much you're willing to pay for that painting because that's how much utility you're going to gain from it. So that's the best way that I can think about it. 
I, I have like one more thing. Like after thinking about it, like another thing could also be it's like historical significance. Like especially a lot of artwork from like the old times, um, they would go for a lot because of like all the things that happened back then. So they really like a painting. What was it? A picture's worth a thousand words. So like there's that. I I love I love where we're going with this conversation. Uh, well, that's a big question that that I've been thinking about because. Both of you have kind of mentioned that paintings can go for a lot of money or maybe a, a painting's worth more than a picture, perhaps. But I know many extremely talented artists who have trouble giving away their paintings, let alone selling them. Um, they have trouble giving them away because there's plenty of people making paintings that are, that are stunning. Um, there's plenty of people making all sorts of things uh, there's plenty of people making all sorts of things and and there's plenty of supply of everything these days except for maybe as you mentioned maybe a painting from a from a dead artist during a historical moment um, I recently asked the question if we all got amnesia if we all forgot everything we ever knew then and then we, we saw the Mona Lisa would we say this should be the most valuable painting in the world? Would we say that or would we just be like, that's another nice painting? Um, if we all got amnesia, would we still find that same value in the, the paintings or the pictures or the commodities that we currently think of as valuable? Um, I, don't, I don't think so. Because what really gives things its value is agreement we're all agreeing that it's worth whatever we say it's worth and so the the project of me selling one of my photos for 10 million dollars began when i noticed that um you know i'm 32 and i just got married and i want to i want to have a house and i want to have a family and in toronto to buy a house i have to sign a 30 year mortgage. So I have to agree to spend the next 30 years of my life working away to pay off a house um, that may even go down in value. We don't know. Uh, and, and I have to do all that in order to have a safe, secure place to raise a family. And we're all agreeing as a society that that is okay, that that is something that's totally normal and okay. Uh, yes, a lot of us are pissed off about it and uh, and trying to change it, but but ultimately that's what every single house goes for is one to two or three million dollars just for a house. Meanwhile, when my dad was my age, he bought his house for cash. So value changes over time. Uh, but. And it changes based on what we're all agreeing is okay. And so I was wondering, because all that felt, it all feels very um, ugly to me. The idea of spending the next 30 years of my life paying off something just so that I can have a safe, secure place to live. Um, that feels pretty ugly to me. So, so I asked the question, how can a financial transaction be art and i thought there's this picture that i took 
that I created, rather, about 10 years ago, and I call the picture Late Night Snacks. And Late Night Snacks is a picture of a misty Toronto evening. Uh, it has a sense of romance and nostalgia and mystery and beauty. And it really speaks to me. I've, I've had this picture hung in my kitchen for the last close to 10 years of my life. And, it, and it's just kind of been there, uh, being this, playing this meaningful role in my life sharing with me that Toronto can be a really magical, special place. And I knew that this picture couldn't ever be valued high enough for me to want to, to sell it. Until I realized that what if, what if, what if there was a number that would make me feel comfortable selling it? What if there was a number and $10 million came to me one day and I looked it up, the most anybody has ever paid for a printed photograph is 6.5 million US dollars. Um, so $10 million would be more than the most valuable photograph in the world when it sells for $10 million. And not only, and, and what's really interesting about that is if a photograph sells for $10 million and becomes the most valuable photograph in the world, then a lot of people are going to want to see it, right? Uh, a lot of people are going to be curious and want to see it. And, and they're, they're going to want to talk about it too. And then all of a sudden it will become famous because people all over the world are going to want to talk about it and they're going to want to see it and, and they're going to agree that it has that value because all it takes is one person saying yes yes i will buy it for 10 million dollars all it takes is one person to create that and shift an entire city all of a sudden maybe toronto will be seen as this romantic nostalgic city just as the picture demonstrates it all of a sudden um this picture becomes uh, a landmark it's amazing how one person can change the course of history. And so these are some of the questions and explorations I've been having, and, and it's becoming more and more true by the day because people are compelled by this declaration and they want to, they want to make it come true. And they want to support me in creating an event called the $10 million experience where the most wealthy people in Toronto come to this event and and they get to see the photo unveiled. And they're the only ones in the room who get to see the photo unveiled. And they get to decide the future of this photograph. And all of that can be created. All of it can be created very simply. And all of it is also really exciting. And that's how we change history. It's by moving the human spirit. One person can easily change history if they choose to move people rather than scare people and make people feel frightened and uninterested in what the future has to hold. Yeah, at the end of that, you touched up a little bit, you touched up upon what I was gonna ask next. And that, so this picture that you're selling for $10 million, it's it's this one it's the misty night in toronto right yes 
I am no one has seen this photo except you, right? Uh publicly, yes. Oh, oh, so like if someone wanted to buy it, would they ask to see it or like Well, I will not be sharing this photo until the event, which will be an exclusive event just for oh. just for the people who as I mentioned, are the, the wealthiest people in Toronto who could actually afford to buy it for $10 million. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense because like a photograph is really different from a painting because like, you know, a painting, it will always be one of a kind no matter what. I thought it, I thought what you were saying is that like, oh, you took this photo and like anyone could like easily duplicate it, but that's not the case because they'll only see it then and then they'll only get it if they buy it. So, okay, yeah. Um, so like the question I have for you then is that like when you see like what like you know you want to take a picture do you know what you want to take a picture of or do you just see like you're walking one night and you see this um this misty Toronto night you're like okay that's what I want to take a picture of that is something special to me or will you like plan on okay I want to take a picture of this or do you sort of like just see it and you're like oh that's really special and then you take a picture of it well what I'm hearing is um what's my creation process? And, uh, and I actually came prepared for this question because what's somebody's creation process is actually, um, can be very difficult to explain. Um, but something I recently came up with is called the pyramid of creation. And at the bottom of the pyramid is the word authenticity. So the first thing that I think you need to be aware of is what you feel you is true. What is true for you? Because truth is actually um, subjective. Everybody holds their own truth. And so authenticity. So when I feel like something is true, when I believe it, then that means that I can progress to the next stage of that pyramid of creation. So that next stage is vulnerability. Vulnerability is being willing to share what I feel is true with others. Uh, the next stage, and, and if I'm, and, and that could be a really scary thing because other people might disagree with me. They might hate me. They might spit on me. They might call me a liar. They might threaten to hurt me. Who knows if they disagree with me a lot. Uh, so vulnerability. Um, the next stage of the pyramid, because vulnerability can be really hard, is strength. So strength is the ability to deal with somebody might being a major critic of what I have to say or what I'm working on. Um, so the strength, both physical strength, I recently got a personal trainer so that I could be physically strong enough to actually um, have the mental strength to not let other people's opinions or threats or whatever get in the way of me creating. The stage after that is purpose. Once I have authenticity, vulnerability, and strength, I need to find what it is that makes me tick, why I get up in the morning, what excites me, what do I believe can make a difference in the world that I am capable of producing. Um, so then once I know that, the next stage, the second last stage is alignment. So actually aligning myself to my purpose and getting rid of all of the different habits I have that aren't part of that purpose. 
And then the top of the pyramid is peace and just creating in peace. And that brings me back to your question, which is, how did I create that moment? Well, when you're in that state of peace with your what you feel is true, you're willing to share it vulnerably, you're strong enough to believe that what you're doing is important, you have a sense of purpose around what you're meant to be doing on this planet, and you're aligned with all that, then you're walking around in this peaceful state and in this aware state where all of a sudden, in an instant, you can pick up on a moment. Because that's how moments happen. They happen in instants. One moment after the next, instants. And so if you're present to that instance, peace is similar to presence. If you're present, in those instances when your body is yearning to create or to or to save something that you see with when it comes to photography for example then all it takes is just acting acting really quick uh, with photography acting on that instinct and the more present you are as a creative person the more easy it is for you to act on your instincts and to create and to act and to create and to act. And you don't need to worry about the critics. You don't need to worry about anything because you know your purpose, you're aligned with it and you're present. Okay, so thank you so much for explaining this like such a deep, deeply thought out process that like not many people even consider that it takes photographers because I feel like when I think of like photography, I think it's just like you just take your camera out and you just take a photo whenever you feel like it. But there's just so much of a process that goes into creating a photograph. So thank you so much for sharing that. And one of the famous parts of High School Not So Much Musical is that we end off each episode with asking our guest speaker for just some tips to give to our audience. We don't really specify anything else within the question. So Mr. Zav, if you could just please end it off for us by giving some tips to our audience, that would be great. Some tips. Well, here's my tip is to listen to yourself. And when I say self, I mean, what's really in you, what's really in you, not what other people tell you you should be doing or thinking or saying what's really what's really in you underneath all of that which is yourself with the capital s which is your higher self your spirit your your connection to something deeper what's what's really in you um and you know also something that uh is a big part of this project, the $10 million experience, is who are we creating? Who are we creating? So who is Nitin and Rishi creating when they're listening to this conversation? Are they creating a wise artist uh, when they're listening to Philip? Or are they creating, uh, it sounds like you are, but you could also be creating that 
I'm some, you know, some random guy who you met on the internet who knows nothing. You could be creating that too. You could be making fun of me this whole call. That's who you could be creating when you're talking to me. So I really appreciate that you're creating me as, as a wise artist from Toronto. Uh, I think that's really beautiful. I'm creating the two of you as really brilliant high school students who have a very solid future ahead of you. And, uh, and you're already doing really meaningful work in this world. And the fact is we're always creating ourselves and others. And so if you want to see my photograph sell for $10 million on March 3rd, you can be a part of that creation process. You can um, go to the website for the project, which will launch on January 8th, which is thewom.com, T-H-E-W-O-M-M dot C-O-M. You can be sharing it with people who you think might be curious about it. Um, and you can be sharing that some guy from Toronto will be selling a photograph for $10 million on March 3rd. You could be creating that or you could be tearing it down. You could be saying, that's ridiculous, that's stupid, that's dumb. Who are we creating in this world? We decide. And that is the advice and the tips I have for your audience. Yeah, thank you so much for that. I hope all the listeners listening today, um, they learned a lot from this. I, me, Nidin, or Nidin and I, we personally don't know that much about like art and photography, but we surely like learned a lot. So thank you so much for that. And thank you so much um, for tuning into this episode. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. High School Not So Much A Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal and Nitin Jaladanki. Narration by Samhit Padala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you for listening and see you next time.